It's episode 224 of Nerds Eye View for the 12th. Uh, what is it, May? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a month. It start. It ends with a Y, right? Good. Good. Yeah, it rhymes with day. July. 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 Yeah. Nice. For everyone. Uh, Welcome to July. Um, I hope you had a good time in uh, May, but we're in July now. Uh, my name is Jordan, and I'm joined by Andrew. How are you, Andrew? Hi, I'm good. Uh, who else do we have here? Nope, nobody. Nobody? All right. I well, tried to create an artificial intelligence that would help us to review films in the future, but fortunately, I was able to finish my testing. In fact, I wanted you to join me for a week of testing. Right. In fact, I was not even inspired by the film that we watched. No, this, this week. was totally separate. That was about it was uh, last testing week. AI. It was, right. Yeah, it's really strange. But uh, she was way too chatty. Uh, and not enough about films. Yep. I was talking about s- sidewalks and and like colors. drawing weird things yeah. Yeah. that had my face in them. Sometimes it was uh, I was like, we need to talk about movies, and she's like, I've never seen a movie, and I was like, well, this is already flawed. <laughs> <laughs> I plugged her into Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I guess she had that uh, you know that inability to decide thing going on where oh, she had everything. But nothing. I'm like that all the time with video games, with Netflix. Like I've just got to like key in. I've got to be like, no, I'm watching this movie. Hmm. Let's just get this off the list or or this TV show. And if, if I'm going to stick with it, I have to watch the whole season because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just never going to go back. Like Houses, House of Cards season three came out. I got halfway through and stopped for a reason that I can't even remember and just never have gone back. And it's, it's always haunted me. You know, it's crazy. That was a deleted scene in uh, Age of Ultron where yeah. Ultron's watching House of Cards yep. and then he has to go fight. It's the reason he it. becomes evil yeah. because he's like, like, obviously the society is so screwed up because I can't even decide to finish a sh- an amazing show. This is just, no, This these people don't deserve to live. Yep. It's messed up. It happens. Welcome to Nerds Wait, Eye View. We're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna review Ex Machina. Yes, uh, that's that was what that I, was all about. I know that's confusing because two movies in the last uh, like month came out about AIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the far they're, more they're popular right one, yes, of course, they're uh, in vogue. You mm-hmm. know, we're approaching a singularity. So, uh, but we, uh, but the show is going to be normal. We got our top ten. We've got our new releases. We're going to do our review later, and then of course, guess the ending. Let's get into the top ten. All right. Count me down. Hopefully you won't be number 10. Unfriended, which is what happened to number nine. <laughs> Cinderella. But it might not have happened to number eight. Woman in gold who said, honey, I'm number seven. Uh, Ex Machina. No, number seven. Oh, number seven? We were so glad. Did I skip? Yes. Ah, home, who was unfortunately stuck in number six. Ex Machina, which is what needs to happen to number five. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, who is the enemy for the movie after number four. Furious 7 is not number three. (laughs) The Age of Adeline, who is number two. Hot Pursuit of number one. A Avenger Age of Ultron. I'm sorry I messed it up. It's okay. I I was in such a hurry. I was like, let's just get down this list and... Uh, we've had to do this before the yeah uh, last back time last time it was perfect it was all right well we'll this we'll figure close. it out yep it was very close so numbers the, are down numbers are way down but that's but to be expected it's everyone knew it was going to happen i mean you can only you can only have like a 190 million dollar weekend once mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but the 77 million still not, coming out kicking shake sh- oh my stick goodness it. it's, uh, it's ridiculous good. and uh interesting thing to note 
Furious 7 has been out for six weeks, and domestically, uh, Avenger Age of Ultron has almost caught up. Yeah. That's... Of course. Incredible. More people are invested in these Marvel films than those car racing films that turned into fighting films. True, true, but it's just weird that they haven't announced like a hitting billion yet, because didn't it come out everywhere else? Before this, like it came out everywhere. I don't think it hit and billion. Then, or which one? Uh, Ultron, you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. I think it's just shy. You think it's because it's a pr- predominantly white cast? Nah. Because that was one of the things that really made Furious 7 big, is it was mm-hmm. so diverse. Yeah. Diverse. And it, it really hit a bunch of different Well, I think they're setting a weird precedent with, uh, I didn't realize this until like the other day. Uh, every Avengers film is now going to introduce one new female superhero. Yep. That's, that's how <laughs> the Avengers movies work. Every other film is about the white male superheroes, but mm. then the uh, Avengers films, they always introduce a white female superhero. Right. That's how it goes. Of course. That's that's where we are right now. Yeah. <clears throat> that's unfortunate, but I'm sure what they'll they'll do? work on that. Yep. Right? It do you think do you think do you think Pitch Perfect or uh, Mad Max is gonna knock Avenger down? I don't think so. Mm, I mean for even a third week? I because what did it make the first weekend? Over a hundred, right? Avenger? Yeah, yeah. It was like 192 million. Yeah, so then it dropped to 77 in the second weekend. That's that's a little less than half. A little less than half. So, so if it goes another half, then it's in the 30s. So possibly. Yeah. I think Mad Max could be the one to overtake it next right. week. Just barely, though. Yeah. Uh, Pitch Perfect, I know, uh, It's, it's uh, even though it's you know going to be popular, it's mm-hmm. not going to... I don't think it's going to make 30. I think I'll be surprised, 20. but I mean... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any money down on it. They both look like they could come out and make some money. So, well, we'll and see. obviously they're coming out. They're competing against each other because of the various audiences that they're appealing to. Yeah, they're completely different demographics. Mm-hmm. Whereas this uh, this weekend we had uh, like a lot of little stuff come yep. out, and to the point where Ex Machina had come out. What does it say? Five weeks ago. Five weeks ago, but it, it 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 got wide release like two or three weeks ago, so it, that's why. And it's only made fifteen million mm-hmm. or almost sixteen million domestically, but it's number six on this list. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting. I haven't seen numbers like this for a while. Like this whole, I think the whole summer season is going to be top heavy movies with just trailers for the rest of the mm-hmm. summer, which is just weird. Yeah, and still, it's bizarre to me that the last, the bottom three on this top ten made less than two million each right that's like those are things that don't happen the rest of the year right where you never see those it's just like the bottom of the list is like three four five like it's right. not under two million yep and that's that's how woman in gold is still in the top 10 right and uh it's so weird i still can't get over that imd imdb keeps calling unfriended uh cybernatural good like i keep having to tell myself no no don't write cybernatural it should have been called Cybernatural, but they needed Unfriended because it ties into Facebook. And sure, everybody's which they probably Facebook. aren't even allowed to say in the movie. I doubt it. And they never like use Facebook. They're always using some third-party search. Even their uh, Skype doesn't look like their Skype. Their Skype does not look like Skype. And then their so, YouTube does not look like YouTube. Of course. They're in some alternate reality where it's like things different. MeTube and Scope. Well, ghosts do exist in the internet, so I hope it's a different reality. Face Friend. Just trying to come up with the alternate names. Which I always hate your, when they your do that face? in TV shows. I hate that. Your face? Like when they can't... But I, okay, two things I hate in, in a TV show or movie when, mm-hmm. when they go on the internet. One, they use Bing. Like, yeah. just stop. Just well, Microsoft's paying them. I know they are. That's, and that's, that's how you know that's it's like, that's, like... That oh, takes Microsoft me immediately out of the movie this. because nobody says, nobody says, oh, let me go look that up on Bing. 
Mm-hmm. Like if if it was a fifty year old person on on a computer, then mm-hmm. it'd go maybe. Yeah, because they got maybe. a Windows ten and it's the main thing, and because they push Metro Bing on interface, you. Yeah, they just yeah. push Bing on you. Yep. Uh, and the other thing is when they make up a fake one, that sounds dumb. Yep. I one thing I did enjoy, I I can't remember was it her or something where all the backs of the laptops instead oh, yeah. of an Apple they were pairs. Yes, that was nice. But I mean, like that's... But no one acknowledged it. No one says like, "Hey, go get your pair." <clears throat> That was I. I almost feel like they stole that. I believe, if I remember correctly, there was a, a comic strip uh, in the daily paper that okay. had pears instead of apples. That's but nice. it might not have been pears. It might have been another fruit. Yep. But I remember in was it? I think it was Foxtrot. Here yeah. we go. This there you is go. see if you if you remember Foxtrot. I remember that comic. I and uh, I've never seen that. Panel. They called them instead of IMAX. They called them iFruits. Nice. Uh, which that was all right, I guess. iFruit is actually what they call it in GTA. Oh. Yep. So then GTA stole from Foxtrot. Everyone's stealing from Foxtrot. Yeah. Maybe the Foxtrot guy is like licensing it out and nobody... Or or everyone just read Foxtrot uh-huh. and the guy's like, ah, whatever. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> but I, I like it better that way where they don't acknowledge it. Because the Bing thing is obviously Microsoft saying... Because the no, camera need zooms in on Bing. You need to say it. Yeah. 100%. And I hate that in other TV shows too where they're like, oh, I really love your new car. And it's like clearly commercial shots of like here's the wheels as the car drives by and oh look at that grill and oh this sound system's fantastic is your phone connected to bluetooth on there that's crazy like so annoying i don't need a commercial in the middle of my tv show uh but yeah i don't know i think i think uh heroes did that well do you remember how heroes did that no i don't they were sponsored by honda and like they had a scene where um hero and Ando were like mm-hmm. sitting in the trunk of the car, like it was a SUV, and the hood oh, was up, they... and they were sitting there having a conversation. So it's like, yeah, here's the car. Look at all the shots. Look at the interior. That's not bad because they're just sitting in the car talking. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, that's fine. At least it doesn't look like a commercial. It's just when it switches to obvious commercial oh, shots, yeah. that's super annoying. All right, so that's the box office top ten. Let's get into the new releases. New releases on DVD and Blu-ray. We have Black Hat. We reviewed that in episode two ten, didn't we? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I believe so. Nice. Uh, Black Hat was that hacker movie with right. Thor. Right. That was... And everyone uh, was like, yeah, let's forget about that. That was Miami Heat on the internet, right? Or, sure. Uh, whatever that TV show was called. I, this That movie is so dumb, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just super I dumb, just but it's... I just to point it out because yeah. we reviewed it. Yeah. That's, yeah. And now it's out. Nice. <laughs> what do we have next? The Cobbler. What's This the is an cobbler? Adam Sandler film. One of those Adam Sandler joints. Out. Uh, into he, the world. I love how he just calls all of his friends. We got Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman, Method Man. People he's worked with before. Uh, the cobbler, he, he works at a shoe, shoe shop. repair place mm-hmm. and then he discovers a shoe repair machine that allows him to put on the shoes and become that person. I heard about this movie. I heard the ending is insane. So I desperately want to see just for that ending. I just need that ending. Yeah, it's true. Uh hmm. Next on DVD and Blu-ray. That might have to be one of our off weeks. Maybe. Uh, next on DVD and Blu-ray, we have Mordecai. Well, that was in the very next episode, right? Yeah, 211. We wow. reviewed it. Yeah. They're just putting them out in order. That's nice. Uh-huh. Uh, that was that not this funny was, enough. This was James Johnny. Bond mixed with Pink Panther. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. based on a book. Based on a book. So. Um, with uh, With Psylocke. So that's cool. Psylocke? Yeah, the what's her name? The the woman from G four. Oh, oh yeah, that's Olivia right. Munn. She's, she's in she she's has gonna, one scene. Sure, she's gonna be Psylocke she has in uh, two scenes in the that movie X Men Apocalypse. 
is it weird that that bothers me? She has like two scenes in that movie, and she's on the poster with everyone else. Of course, she is, and, and she's like not Jeff Goldblum, center. who's the best. But see, ever. I like that they didn't have Jeff Goldblum on any of the promotional material because when I saw him in the movie, I was like, <gasps> like that. I like surprises like that, like the Matt Damon being a crappy character in Interstellar. Yeah. Like that's always nice, um, but she's she's like she was main person in the trailer as well like the commercials yeah all right and last on dvd and blu-ray we have still alice i've heard this is pretty good it was the the film that julianne moore won the oscar for right recently right cool have you seen it no i did want to just didn't have the chance okay cool uh all right it's time for uh our fun little segment here on dvd only we have a release called the jester's supper Jester's Supper. So I'm gonna go for a year. You're gonna what? Year. Okay, hold on. Uh, so Jordan is going to attempt to guess what this film is about, uh, based on just the title and either the year or the genre. He is picking the year. The year. The film is called The Jester's Supper. The year is 1942. All right, fantastic. Uh, this is a movie about. Um, I mean, we're just gonna go literal here because this is right before World War II. They, they hadn't really learned the art of subtlety yet. Uh, and uh, this is just about <clears throat> a, uh, a jester who, you know, seduces a queen and ends up convincing her to uh, kill the king so that way he can actually usurp it. So you end up seeing through flashbacks that he was actually, you know, the prince of a kingdom that that king had uh, destroyed and they thought he had murdered the entire, you know, family. But... He, you know, the the prince survived. They smuggled them out of there. So he spent his whole life kind of learning, you know, subterfuge and and uh, and tradecraft, and ends up seducing the queen and convincing her to kill the king. And he ends up becoming the uh, the ruler of that kingdom, and you know, exacts his revenge. He doesn't do anything bad to the queen because she actually, you know, the king married her after that whole debacle because it happened when he was a kid. But he spent his whole life preparing for that moment. So, kind of a lucky number eleven thing going on. You know, so. Okay, okay. Uh, this is a now. Here's the real description. So, okay. Jester's Supper. Uh, it's a r- romantic drama, of course, uh, and it's in Italian. Here we go. Okay, let's see if my Italian's any good. Oh no! In Florence, at the time of Lorenzo de' Medici, known also as Lorenzo the Magnificent, the aristocrat brothers, the oh boy, here we go. Chiarmantesi rule with an iron fist the streets of the city. Ruthless and fierce, the two brothers have chosen as their special victim the innocent and harmless Gianetto. Even though determined to not react to the cruel pranks of the brothers, Gianetto is forced to take a stand when Ginevra, a beautiful girl that works in the Chiarmantesi household, is dragged into the game. To defend his honor and protect the girl, Gianetto works at a fiendish plot that will end in blood and madness. No one will ever be able to forget the night of the Jester's Supper. Hmm, okay. Different. Someone still died, though. Yeah. Or, or apparently it was died. A, it was a plot to kill. It was indeed. Uh, <laughs> all right. That was a lot of fun. <clears throat> New on Blu-ray. I like mine better. Uh, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Uh, I'm sorry. It's They call me Mr. Tibbs. Oh, you got to say it like that. The exclamation point at the end. This is the sequel to, um, dang it, why do I not remember the name of it? I, I'm sorry. I I thought it would say on the description here. Mm, of course not. 
does not say on the description here. Should I'll just read the... Or did you got it? I'm going to look for it. You read the thing. Uh, the synopsis says, uh, Detective's friend, an active uh, activist clergyman... Wow, someone's busy. ...is suspected of killing a San Francisco prostitute. Wow. This came out in... 1970. In the Heat of the Night. Oh, I have heard is, of that it's, movie. So Sidney Poitier, he plays a, a detective in the Heat of the Night. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to make a sequel to that for some reason. So they did this one. Good times. Where he's just, they just put him in a different location. In okay. the Heat of the Night, it was like racist Southern business. I, I thought he looked different. Mm-hmm. Or uh, similar to something I'd seen before. And the next one, uh, should I just go into it? Yeah. Following our sci-fi theme, we've got the man with X-ray eyes. Yeah. This is a Criterion release. So. And this man, the reason he gets X-ray vision, stop me if you heard this one before, it's because of eye drops. Mm. So, I guess those are really nice eye drops, and it's a doctor too. But of course, it it makes it very clear that it says sees through clothes, skin casino cards so i think we all know where this is going Mm -hmm. it's following the same format as most shows about either invisibility or x-ray vision where it's oh wow uh hi women oh whoops accidentally looking through your skin into your body that's weird and then i can make money with this like Mm -hmm. that's but this is this is apparently a good movie you know what's criterion collection right that means they're good Sometimes. Isn't that what they mean? It means that it passes their criterion. Do they have like a set of... I don't know. Do I not know this? Do they have some rules for like what is added to the collection? I don't know what their rules are. As What I always took to took the criterion to collection to be was uh, influential films. Films that are uh, ahead of their time there or are so groundbreaking or... From directors that are are very visionary that mm. have a like all that of Wes Anderson films. The future of cinema. Yeah, all of Wes Anderson way. films okay. are in the Criterion Collection because he has a very clear vision on what he's making. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also get stuff like um, what was that Michael Bay one where the comet's going to hit the Earth? That one's in there. Really? Yeah, because in that film, his like his pastiche of America is is so uh, drawing from like different time periods that it creates like a timelessness that is, wow. that is classic in a weird way. Yeah. It's Armageddon. Yeah. Armageddon's in the Criterion collection is what I remember hearing once. Wow. I cannot confirm nor deny. I mean, this is the guy who made uh Transformers. Teenage, I mean, that's all Transformers, Ouija, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, but then, you know, of oh, course, they have, no. they have like Artie French stuff in there, too. So he, he was executive producer on a TV show. I like that makes me feel bad. What was the TV show? Black Sales. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense, actually. And it's really good, though. It's a really good show. Damn. Uh, and I have nothing on TVD, uh, which isn't bad. to say that nothing's coming out. Mm-hmm. It's just to say nothing that caught my eye or thought that I thought any of one listening would like oh it's too bad i like playing the game we'll have to wait till next week what game of it has jordan seen oh it has jordan seen it oh man because the only one that i thought i would put on there was uh the the complete series edition of revolution came out but they already released like seasons one and two separately very yeah. recently so that's not that's not real that's true that's not a good release to right. pick yeah 
And then I thought I could do, what was it? The Wild Wild West, the entire series. Oh. But that actually has been released previously, the entire series. They're just DVD re-releasing before. it? They're just re-releasing it. It's okay. been a while. It's true. So, it's been But a while. I would guess that you had seen Revolution if I yep. had to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So. Let's get into our review. We will be reviewing the film Ex Machina right after this. Feeling peckish this midnight? Sate your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinera podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest in sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> How long until we get to this estate? We've been flying over his estate for the past two hours. Caleb, I'm just gonna throw this out there so it's said, okay? You're freaked out. You're freaked out to me meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? But can we just get past that? the whole employer-employee thing. It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Kay. This building isn't a house. It's a research facility. And I want to talk to you about what I'm researching. You want to see something cool? Our dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Hello. Hi. Do you have a name? Ava. Answer me this. How do you feel about her? Her AI is beyond doubt. No, nothing analytical. Just how do you feel? I feel that she's amazing. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? Did you know that Nathan brought me here to test you? Caleb. You're wrong. Wrong about what? Nathan. You shouldn't trust anything he says. Does Ava actually like you? Or is she just pretending to like you? Self-awareness. Manipulation. Sexuality. Are you attracted to me? Now if that isn't true AI, what is? something I want to show you. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? Today, I'm going to test you. Why me? Kayla, you have to help me. It was a real test. You. It's strange to amaze someone that hates you. What will happen to me if I fail your test? All right, guys. We're we're here and we're ready to do what needs to be done. Ready as we'll ever be because we've taken that long trip over icy mountains and landed in a green valley. Yeah, that was a strange opening. Right. Uh, so this film, uh, Ex Machina, written and directed by Alex Garland, starring mm-hmm. Dom Hall Gleason and Oscar Isaacs. Uh, and the lady is Alicia Vic- Vikander. Vikander? Uh, Vikander. 
the candor. Yep. Uh, so it's a it's a small cast essentially. It's a very very small. very tight tightly knit kind of film, very tense, uh, with with moments of of like a horror film esque. Mm-hmm. Like it's very uh, I thought that was very interesting that it 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 kind of plays into some aspects of horror, but without fully being a horror film. Right. It's just kind of like uh, terrifying consequences of what's going on. Uh, yeah. So where where do you think they are? I think in what in what non-exist non-existent country are they? I think they're in Canada. You think Canada? I'm um, for sure, just because of its geographic location, mm-hmm. that there would be a valley that's green in the middle of all that ice. Yeah, because they like they looked like wherever they were, it gets cold at night. Yep. Uh, they're they're close to ice and water, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also kind of in the woods. Yeah, yeah that's, very, that's very Canada-esque. Rural. I feel like it's Canada. Uh, Having been up to the west coast of Canada, mm-hmm. I could see it being in Canada. And both of those characters are supposed to be at least vaguely American. Right. Dom Hall Gleason is is not. He's actually uh, British, I believe. Yes, he but is. But he, he puts on a, an American accent very well. Mm-hmm. I, I did not for one second go, this is weird, or this sounds weird. Right. Unlike a couple of weeks ago with Child 44. Exactly. <laughs> this oh was, my God. Everyone was evenly American I, here. I had so put that out of my mind. And you just <laughs> brought it all. Just that wave of horrible accents Russian. just washed over Every kind me. of Russian that exists. Oh, man. And every non-Russian that exists yeah. pretty much. Boris and Natasha they came out of Rocky and Bullwinkle. They couldn't have made it worse if they had 44. a Japanese Russian at one point. <laughs> like, it was just, it was that bad. Where you're just like, no, that guy's not Russian. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so they're they're somewhere secluded, though. That's the whole purpose of seeing uh, in every way possible. Uh, like they have power. It doesn't show where, but it could have easily been solar or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're disconnected, like digitally from yeah, the rest of the world. Right. There's no there's no signal or anything. I think there's probably like a sat phone that he has, but mm-hmm. it's like separate, and you even have to use a key card just to access it. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. It's very controlled environment. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful, though. And and the setup is that this this uh, young guy, Dom, Dom Hoagleason's character... A programmer. Gets, he's a programmer. He's been selected to go on some kind of secret... Yeah, he wins first prize on a, uh, uh, a little secret lottery yeah. to go see the CEO of the company that he works for. Mm-hmm. Um, and their main product is Blue Book, which is a, a Google, Google allegory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a good name, right? Yeah, Blue Book's good. It didn't like it wasn't distracting or weird. Nope. It was uh, halfway believable. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, and so this, uh, he goes to meet the the creator, the owner of this Google type company, right? Uh, and the the building, just the building itself, when he discovers it. So the helicopter lands in a field, and the guy yeah. says, "Where am I supposed to go?" Yeah. And the helicopter pilot says, "Just walk that way. Follow the river, and you'll see a river, and just follow it. Follow it, and then you'll get to a house." And so when he walks into the house, he doesn't even know. Am I? He's like, I'm supposed to knock. I'm supposed to because this right. is such a weird building. And it's kind. Of, it's interesting because he's on the opposite bank of it, mm-hmm. so he just sees it in front of it, but he can't just walk straight up to it. So he's got to go along the river, and then he finds a uh, like a like a little like an outbuilding that's connected via a staircase to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That I that feels like it's on the other side of the river. So yep. that's yeah. interesting. Uh, and a little computer. <laughs> takes this picture computer voice says hey come here <laughs> <laughs> uh 
that's I mean that was kind of good. There was a moment of comedy right early on. Uh, I I feel like it was good with mixing in just t- the tiniest weirdest bits of comedy right just yes. to just to liven up or lighten up the mood in a way and faint in different directions because. Mm-hmm. At a certain point in this film, it does just a sense of dread starts to oh, yes. just fall over oh, everything. My God, yeah. So without without those couple parts of laughing, like this would have been too tense. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm happy they put it in there, and they did it well. Like it, nothing was forced. Uh, so he, when he comes up to the this guy, this creator, he um, you like you can tell this guy's like distant in a weird way. He's yep. he's not. Uh, He's not like sociable or or. He's a little you... eccentric, and you can tell it's either it's either a normal dude who's been out in the wilderness by himself for too long, mm-hmm. or someone who is already like that, and they love this situation. I think he's always been like that. Yeah. There's a there's a moment later in the film where they talk a little bit about where he came from. Yeah, and he this... was like 13 when he wrote the algorithm that created the Google allegory. Yeah. So I mean, that's someone whose IQs on such a high level that they probably have a problem with. With people. Connecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that makes sense when other things come to light. Yep. Uh, and basically he, he makes this proposal to this, to this young man. He says, uh, you know, I really asked you here for a different reason. It, uh, I'm working on something and I want to bring you in on it, but you need to sign this paper that says you will not talk about it ever at all it's very standard yeah which it's not very standard no uh, it basically gives it. him permission for them to monitor his internet usage all like a phone for life written like any correspondence he has with anyone for the rest of his life yeah. is going to be monitored yeah that's that's like red flag number like three at this it, point he, because because yes. he walks up and when he first meets him he's he's exercising by beating the crap out of a punching bag. Yeah. Like the uh, where initially like when you think of like computer programmer eccentric CEO type, like we've gone away from snazzy guy in a business suit, mm-hmm. which was like what it was for the past 30 years, mm-hmm. and we move we've moved towards like Mark Zuckerberg, which is a non-assuming young guy who's not physically imposing. Mm-hmm. And Oscar Isaac's just beating the crap yeah, out of he's this. not. And he's he's not like the Rock or anything, but he, he's certainly he's, he's in shape. In, he's in, he's in shape, and he's intimidating for having a relatively small stature because mm-hmm. Caleb's taller than Nathan. Yeah, yeah. But it, there's still you can tell there's intimidation there, mm-hmm. and that's immediately important. Well, I think it's just there's an inherent intimidation because he's his boss. Yeah. Which which is he does in the most awkward way. He says like, "Let's just break through this. Uh, you're impressed because I'm your boss." Thing. Yep. It's and like, you're meeting me, and it's let's let's just get past that. And it's also because you know he's such an interesting figure, and he's also that whole situation is almost designed to throw Caleb off guard. Yeah, just to just drop him into something he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I like that the audience was along for that ride. Like we weren't, were we ever? I mean, speaking on the movie as a whole, I don't feel like we were ever with Nathan without Caleb. Trying to think, uh, because uh, uh, not to not to get too in depth, but there's a f- couple of moments where he's on a screen, mm-hmm. but we're with yeah, we're Caleb still with watching. Caleb. We're always we're always with Caleb, except yeah. for a couple scenes where it's showing the female character. Well, then then there's even the other situation is where Caleb's on the screen and Nathan's watching, right? But in that same sense, yep. we're with them together. Oh no, there's one time where Nathan's in the shower with somebody. That's it. Caleb's not watching that. 
Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're never, but we're never with Nathan when he's doing anything for the plot. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's just kind of a character that makes sense later. Why that's so weird? Yeah. Well, I mean, because there's some mysteries right. going on. Yeah. There's some, but that's. I think that's very clear from the beginning that there's stuff that we're not that we don't know because we're the audience. Like we're and gonna find and out. We're, when we and we're and we're on that journey with Caleb. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know either. So yeah. what the information we get is through Caleb. Yeah. There's very little of this film. Um, that's a good point that you found there. The there's very little uh, tension that we have that Caleb doesn't also have. Right. We share most of his same tensions where when he discovers something, we're discovering it with him. Mm-hmm. There's very, very little that we discover without him. And then we worry for him. Yep. We're always worried with him. Even the, even there's a part in this movie where he's unconscious, mm-hmm. but we're still technically with him. Yeah. There's the, um, the situation is still involving him. That reminds me, there was a couple of uh, things I thought was interesting with. Uh, so let's actually get to the the meat and potatoes of this movie. Okay. Uh, uh, Nathan has created an AI uh, that he wants Caleb to test by doing the. Um, dang it! What is it? Turing called? test. The Turing test. And of it, it, an interesting proponent of this is it's not like in Avengers, he kind of has Jarvis as an AI by itself, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Nathan's Nathan's proposal is this is a this is a being inside of a physical body. Yeah, this is not just a computer voice that you're talking to because a lot of Turing tests um, that happen in real world on typing. There are typing. Yeah. There, there, there. Are you talking to a person on the other side of this in communication program? That's, like, fi- that's what um, they are. Did you ever hear about the one that like almost passed? Yeah. That was recent because it was um, they gave it like a character, right? It was like supposed to be like a twelve-year-old uh, child from a different country that didn't speak the language and, well, and the people so you doing, buy into that, right? The people doing the tests were like, well, of course he doesn't know about these things; he's a child. Yeah, and of course he can't spell or you know use syntax correctly because he's from another country or yep. and also a child. English is not his first language, yeah. so that was the closest that they ever came, simply right. because of of they kind added of an illusion yeah. added to it. Oh. It's all connecting here. Uh, so Caleb goes into a room and then there is a, a glass wall which separates him from right. the rest of the room. And an interesting proponent, like, or not co- proponent, a component of this glass wall is there's very clearly, like, there was a... Something hit it. Something hit it hard. And, 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 and a you small know, area that is cracked. It, but it's cracked in such a way to where you know this isn't normal glass. Mm, yeah. This is this is some type of bulletproof polycarbonate, like... Whatever the next step beyond bulletproof is, yeah, that's what like this is. It is, it is some hard glass, because it doesn't, it doesn't have normal <clears throat> shatter uh, splay. It's just dented, almost. Uh, and then uh, Caleb meets the other person on the side of that... Ava. ...glass. Ava, who is uh, a, a person in the form of a robotic AI. Yep. Like that a moves cyborg looking yeah. creature. It's 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 insane because it's it's beyond what we even have the capability of now. Yeah, it is obviously. such a huge that's one of the things that immediately like it didn't draw me out, mm-hmm. but it was like, all right, I either don't know enough about the universe that we're in, like maybe they already have robotic programs that are this advanced outside of this situation. Like maybe they have because we have we have robotic programs in China and Japan right now that are recreating like human beings, mm-hmm. but they're like they're caregivers in hospitals. They're people who talk to like um, old people. Like they're they're programmed robots that look human mm-hmm. that are just designed to you know 
communicate with other people, but they're not AIs. Yeah. But even underneath all that fake exterior, they look just like normal robots. Yeah. You know what I mean? They look like a cyborg, you know, whatever. Whereas the the technology on display inside of her body mm-hmm. is just mind blowing. Yeah. Parts of her body are are like solid metal it looks like mm-hmm. but then other parts are see-through yep in such a way where you can see the gears or the it's not even gears at like this point glowing it's glowing energy <laughs> like there's some really crazy stuff going on there's some there. ultron stuff going on yeah in here. And, and she uh, has this like skin exo body mm-hmm. that it like mimics a human form yep it's just it's it's incredible and we actually get to a later scene where we see like the workshop where she oh was made God, yeah and the the brain, right. how he explains the brain, and it it it's incredible because as someone who's not like an engineer or someone who knows a lot about robotics or even someone who knows doesn't know a lot about the human brain in general, mm-hmm. but just has like a cursory knowledge, like that makes sense. Well, and it sounded the way cool. he explained like it, it. Just it was just cool sounding. because it's it's an item that even if it's not technically possible to make would mimic a human brain. But I do have to say. Uh, that was the one scene where I thought the CGI was bad. Did you catch that? When they were holding the the brains, which mm-hmm. is like they're they're small orbs that go into the top of the robot's head, yeah. and they act as you know CPUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were holding them and turning them, I could tell like they were digitally adding the look. Oh, the of glow! The orb. Like they I were just probably just that. holding blue balls, and it's just like I've got they to admit, added though, an extra shine to it. In we CGI were land. we were not we were like in the smallest screen possible. Oh. Uh, where we where we saw the movie, mm. we actually went to the Marina Pacifica over here, oh. and it was in a tiny theater. Wow! So the the sound was a little off, mm. and the screen was blurry. Wow! Yeah, you didn't go say something. Not happy with if that. If I had a blurry screen, I'd say something. It was just it was it was it was off to the point where people wouldn't notice it unless they were looking for it. Oh, okay. Like it wasn't a crisp image. Oh, okay, okay. It was just like no, this is an old projector. This sucks. Oh well. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but compared to the rest of the, the CGI that they had working, everything looked amazing. Beautiful. Uh, the motion of, of the robot, uh, was crazy. Like I'm trying to, f- I was trying to figure out while I was watching it, what part of this is fully made up CGI and what part of this is someone in a suit doing these motions? I 100% believe, and I haven't looked it up or anything yeah. that she was always in a suit, mm-hmm. but it was like a blue suit or a green suit. Yeah, well, yeah. So that way they could just overlay everything on top of Because there were parts where her points. arm was passing in front of something and you could see through it Yep. in a very realistic way, which was crazy. Uh, so, so uh, what's it? Caleb, Caleb is supposed to test this AI in a Turing test scenario to, just, to see if he is fooled into thinking that it is a human. And, and it, it's incredible in that very like concept because... For most Turing tests, um, you know, discounting Blade Runner, uh, like you're never in full contact with the subject, mm-hmm. and you're never like they don't sit people down in front of a computer and say, "Tell me if this computer is real." Mm-hmm. Like they sit Caleb or Nathan sits Caleb directly in front of something that he knows is not is yeah. a robot, mm-hmm. and says, "Is she? Does she have consciousness?" Yeah. And it's That's, not it's not like is this a human being? It's no this is a, is this a conscious entity? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which which they discuss in a in a after a couple of I can't remember if it's after the first time or the second time when they discuss he says why why show that it's a robot. Yeah. And he says, and well, why, and why give a gender? That conversation also has oh, gender in it. Yeah. Well, but I mean, the, I think what was most impressive was that he says, 
I want you to see that it's not real and still want to believe. Yeah. And that's, I think that's insane. And that's brilliant though. Yeah. That's because that's something that, because uh, when people see something that's fake, they know it's fake and they right. discredit it immediately. Yeah. You just you put a mental block up. If you see something that's fake, but it's so real, you, you have to believe yeah. that it's, it breaks away that wall of like, this is fake mm-hmm. because it's, you, someone's already said, Hey, this isn't real. And that's, that's, that's a great concept. Yeah. And just is a testament to Nathan, like him knowing that it's ready for someone to test it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the gender question is, is, right. is interesting as well. Cause he's like, what makes, uh, why, why would you, uh, well, how did he word it? It was something about like a black box. It was like, well, yeah, why not just make it a box? Yeah. Why, why make it into a woman mm-hmm. and why involve sexuality at all? Mm-hmm. And then it goes into some interesting points. Well, and but Nathan, I think one, was a lonely man. Yeah, one thing I want to point <laughs> out though man. is a part of that conversation is important because uh, he uh, Caleb asked, "Well, why did you program it to be heterosexual?" Mm-hmm. And and uh, Nathan goes, "Well, you're programmed to be straight." And he goes, "No, I'm not." And he's like, "Yeah, you are. Whether nature, nurture, whatever." you're programmed to be the way you are. I'm programmed to be the way I am. So she's programmed to be the way she is. Like that is an interesting statement to make in this movie because that kind of goes towards like social stuff that's happening uh-huh. right now. Uh-huh. And it, I just love that it just is a hard stance. Just, and it, but nope. it's also such a small part of, like of a whole, what this whole big movie is right. actually about. It's just so, it's so inconsequential to this guy. It's like, yeah, this is it there. Yeah. Move on. Of course it is. <laughs> It's great. I really like that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, some crazy stuff happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the second morning, uh, a servant comes in. And and wakes up Caleb and just and shocks the crap out of him. Leaves some breakfast or whatever. He doesn't him. know. He thinks it's just Nathan and himself. Yeah, he thought house. he was fully alone. There's a, there's a scene where, uh, so Nathan is describing... Uh, the key card system. Yep. And, and he showing, says, yep. Yeah. He says, uh, so, you know, sometimes it's weird when you're in someone's house and you're staying over and you don't know what rooms you can go in. You just use this key card. If you flash it on a wall, it shows up, you know, green or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can go in. It's for you. It was blue and red. Yeah. yeah. If, and if it's if, red, then it's not for you. Yep. And you know, and that's that like, easy. that's all he says. Yep. And, uh, but then when we find out there's someone else here, yeah. it's like, Oh, there's more to this place than, yep. Then we were. He never. Nathan never says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is someone I have working for me. She doesn't speak any English. Mm-hmm. He says that later. He even gets like mad at her. Oh, that's like off. that was because she spills something. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it now. When that that was such a good like act he was putting on for Caleb mm-hmm. that I I was like, oh yeah, that's that all makes sense. Everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, Geez. oh no, when you know like what you know by the end of the film and you compare that to the rest of it, it's, it's all woven. It's all yeah. part of the plan. <clears throat> I, I really think the, like the, the crazy twists that this take right at the end, mm-hmm. uh, which are, you know, uh, both a little bit shocking because you got to think, um, I'm not going to say specifics, but you have the, what we are told, which is what, Caleb thinks he's doing. Yep. We have the actual thing that's going happening. on. Happening. And then we have other plans that we as an audience don't even get mm-hmm. from other things going on. Yeah, but you know that there's there's something happening. Yeah, there's by the we, end of it. We believe that there are two forces at work here. 
there's Nathan and Caleb. Yeah. And they have agency of over what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the film, we realize that there's like, there's before maybe, before Caleb showed up, there was a bunch of different things happening. There's maybe three or four. Three or four different forces at yeah. work here. And all like moving towards different goals. They all have different oh, things yes. that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And that comes to a head by the end of the movie. Well, and I think there was some really great foreshadowing with you. When you meet Nathan, he's, he's you know, beating up a punching bag. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go like, oh, okay, he's physically imposing for a reason. There's, yep. a, point, there's a point where maybe they're, they might fight. Yep. And that, that the, could be interesting. Right. Like they will disagree on something. Yep. Because there's a strange relationship going on where um, essentially Ava is Nathan's daughter. In yeah. a weird way. And he even says as much later on in the film. And the fact that she's flirting with Caleb yep. and maybe Caleb's flirting back, that makes for a very tense relationship already. Between it, him just and Nathan. taking out the fact that there's an AI in here. Mm-hmm. That's just like a weird, tense relationship. But yep. then you layer onto the fact that Nathan's watching everything that Caleb right. is saying to Ava. And it makes, a point of, point. it makes a point of showing us at the very first session that they have that he's in this room and he's monitoring everything and taking notes. Mm-hmm. So, like, we slowly realize over the course of the film that Nayla, uh, Nathan is making Caleb a part of this experiment yeah. as, oh, as, yeah. as, as anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't want to... I don't want to spoilers, but well, let's wh- let's let's get into the one turning point in this film, and then we can just talk about whatever we want. Let's at at a certain point, uh, even the first night, the uh, the power goes off, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, that's very important. Caleb Caleb gets stuck in his room and has a little bit of a freak out, yeah, because he's stuck in his room. Well, and the the whole uh, compound is underground, right? So he can't go out of a window. Mm-hmm. There's the only way in and out of his room is that door. Yep. To the hallway. And it's controlled by the key card and when Nathan, the power goes out, everything locks down. Nathan has to do that so that way he doesn't have to worry about anything getting out just because the power or getting in, he says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh over the course of uh the movie, Nathan tells him that it's something that happens every day. He's not sure if the people who installed everything messed something up. Mm-hmm. He's gonna try and fix it. Um but uh one of the sessions, I think it's like the third one, mm-hmm. the power goes out while they're in the middle of talking. Yep. And because the power goes out, like everything stops working, including like besides the doors, cameras stop working, like everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, Ava tells Which Kale, the way Kale reacts to that is pretty great. He's like, Oh, I guess I got to stop. Yep. I guess <laughs> we should stop because, because I think he also, in he his knows mind, Nathan is watching. Well, I, he also thought, um, Ava would stop working. Right. I think he, I think he definitely thought that. Yep. He he during that scene he immediately relaxed. Yeah. Whereas before he's kind of like he's he has this interesting back and forth with Ava where it's like a give and take where they're they're both testing each other's limits mm-hmm. and that makes him become more tense mm-hmm. as they're talking because he realizes that he needs to have his guard up. Yeah. Because she's using she can turn pick of up phrases. a lot of information from him. Yep. Anything he says. And it, yeah, he even says like you're a lie detector. Mm-hmm. Like she can look at him and immediately tell whether or not he's lying about something because she's asking him questions at one point mm-hmm. and knows that he's making stuff up, which is something that a lot of people do. They always embellish stories to make them more interesting yeah. because life as a whole is pretty mundane most of the time. So people embellish and she picks it up immediately. Mm-hmm. But the power goes out this one time, and what does she say? <laughs> she says, "Don't trust, trust Nathan." Nathan. 
he lies about everything and it's it's already creepy enough because when the power goes out of course he he uh in standard like villain mode all the lights go red yep i don't know like who decided that who who wrote the law that said when power goes out the alternate power lights always need to be red well and pointed downwards in a way that everything looks creepy as hell there's there's an actual technical reason uh but but then there's also a cinematic reason. yeah movie wise it's just scary yeah and so the power's out everything's red uh he's relaxed because he thinks oh i you know ava's not going to work right now obviously yeah. the power's out and All then right, she I just calm says down. she says hey don't trust nathan and it's, yeah and her like face whispering. totally changes and yeah she's before that they were having like a cute back and forth so mm-hmm. she's smiling and everything's good and she just drops it mm-hmm. and just whispers to him and it's oh and then, but she even like doesn't even offer that much information, and yep. and he doesn't know what's going on at all. And uh, doesn't she say something like Nathan's not your friend, like yeah. something crazy like that? Right. And then where it's like maybe this is like weird messed up robot logic, where mm-hmm. like she just <laughs> she just doesn't like him. And yep. I mean that I mean that's possible. Yeah. And the creepiest part is as soon as the power comes on. She's mid sentence, mid sentence, as if they were talking about something else, <laughs> and he's just got to pick it up from there. And he, the look on his face is just so like, what is going on? Yeah, and she doesn't drop a beat; like she's just right into it. Yeah, and from there, it gets weird. Mm-hmm. So, should we go into spoils now? I guess we'll have a we'll have a quick spoiler section, which we'll uh, we're gonna put at the end of the whole podcast. Okay. Uh, but uh, if you're listening and you don't want spoilers, don't worry, because th- this will move right on into uh, what's coming out new in theaters. But if you stick around to the end, you're going to get the spoilers. All right, so we are going to talk about the... They, they have the dancing online already. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for connecting the spoiler section out of order now. Oh, they'll get it later. Okay. Uh, if you want to hear more about dancing, listen to spoilers. Please do. Uh we're going to talk about what's coming out new in theaters right now, including playing our game Guess the Ending. Uh, but let me tell you what's coming out in new in theaters. We got Mad Max Fury Road. We got Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, in limited release, I'll See You in My Dreams. And in limited release, Good Kill. Uh, before we play Guess the Ending, uh, let's give out some thanks. First, thanks to Silent Partner, uh, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. You can find that on the YouTube audio library. Uh, thanks to Justin Kizan of Agents of Guard. You can find him at agentsofguard.com. He made our logo, a uh, uh, cute little bird thing. Uh, Agents of Guard is a, is a website where you can read uh, articles and blog posts uh, from people who care about nerdy things, Yay. like uh, you know movies or TV shows or comic books. I used to write there uh, an article every week about the show Gotham. I called it Gotham. As it should be called. And then as soon as I reached my peak hate for Gotham, I stopped. Yeah, it's easy to get there. That I I had to I had to tell myself to stop. Yep, it was it was uh, painful because I love Batman so much. I still go back, that but show was painful. One of the most interesting things that I've developed in the last couple of weeks mm. is I, um, the shows have become so formulaic, and I understand what's happening between characters that I fast forward through shows now. Well, oh, shows I, I haven't not, seen. I don't blame you. Like I will fast forward and be like, "Oh, something interesting is happening here," and I'll play. Like I watch hour-long shows in maybe twenty-five minutes. Well, there's so many like dumb scenes that they have in shows where someone says goodbye to someone, and you're like, "Okay, they're going to be in danger or die." Yep. And then it's like, "Okay, now what's next?" And entire scenes will go by, and people will be talking, and I'll be like, "I know exactly what they're talking about." Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to learn anything by watching this, and I just fast-forward through everything now. I, you know. Well, not every show, but most, most enough of the for formulaic enough that it's it's not worth it. Definitely got him. Uh, 
so Justin, he also does a podcast on the Benview Network. Oh, does called, he? Uh, Benview on Spielberg. Ooh. Uh, he does that every month with Matt Benson, who nice. I do a podcast with uh, every week called Shut Up, Leonard. That's where we talk about the TV show Community. Nice. That's such a good show. It has uh, transcended TV. It's <laughs> become a TV show on the internet now. You can find it on Yahoo Screen. And Shut Up, Leonard, you can find at shutupleonard.com or on Twitter at shutuplenpod. Uh, check that out. Also, we've got a new podcast on the Benview Network. Brand new. Never been done before. A podcast in the style of choose-your-own-adventure books. Uh, so it's essentially an audio book of a choose-your-own-adventure story. But it's brand new, fully scripted by myself, by Matt Benson, and by David King of the award-winning Midnight Marinara podcast. Uh, and it's called Pick Your Path. And the first episode is up right now. Second episode will be up... Uh, what is it? June first. Ooh. Uh, and that one is my story, and that's going to be a real doozy. <laughs> uh, but please check it out. Uh, you'll you'll need. Um, uh, I mean, you'll need to pretty much uh, be an Apple user or be listening on some special app because it's an enhanced podcast. Ooh. Which enhanced podcasts are not fully supported by all podcast apps. We're very sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I've already sent a message to Pocket Casts, who I use, to mm-hmm. say, "Hey, what's the deal?" And they said we're working on it. So. Nice. We'll see. Uh, because you skip, you know, chapters in a Choose Your Own Adventure book, and my, it's very much the same in an audio Choose Your Adventure. My story. podcast app does allow that because I listen to a uh, music podcast, mm-hmm. and they bookmark all the different songs that skip, they're covering, and you can skip between them. What's your app called? It is called I need, this Downcast. Is, oh, Downcast. Okay. Downcast. Downcast is a great supports app. enhanced podcasts. Yes. All right. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna download that. It's great. I love it. Uh, if Tom was here to tell you about Optograb.org, which is his website where he writes about movies, uh, you can also read his stuff on readwave.com or find his short stories on Amazon and Smashwords and all those other places. Uh, if you just go to Optograb.org, you can find links to all those things uh, for Tom. And Jordan, what do you, what do, you do? Uh, I'm moving away from uh, my broadcasting job. Uh, just haven't been feeling it lately. You know what I mean? And in a in a position where... It's your job to connect with your viewers and, you know, get get intimate with them on a personal verbal level. Um, haven't really been feeling it. Uh, so I'm kind of moving away from that and I'm moving on to a couple unannounced projects. I'm going to be approaching a couple people, mm. maybe even a part of this uh, little mm. network we have mm. about doing some other stuff. But, uh, but soon, soon. Uh, keep an eye on my Twitter at Truvalk, and uh, I'll be announcing some stuff there sometime soon. Uh, so you should check out BenviewNetwork.com, uh, where you can find all the other great podcasts that we've mentioned so far. Uh, or uh, just go to NEVpodcast.com. That's our personal uh, website for this podcast. But it's all part of the Benview Network. And uh, on Twitter, at NEVpodcast. And my personal Twitter is at PodcasterAndrew. Uh, so now, that brings us to Guess the ending you'll never guess how it ends yay and i'm going first uh i noticed neither of us picked the big releases yeah we we wanted something special yep we picked the limited releases i picked i'll see you in my dreams uh directed by brett haley uh starring blythe danner um, martin star sam elliott and uh, malin ackerman i like all these names i didn't even notice martin star was in this that's exciting to me now neither did i uh i like these starring uh, actors and actresses, because I can say all their names. That's real nice. Uh, a widow and a former songstress discovers that life can begin anew at any age. Uh, 
Um, so I feel like I just saw the trailer for this movie, so I'm just going to explain that trailer. Hmm. And it is a movie where this widow, former songstress, uh, she inherits, uh, well, not really inherits, she, is it inherits? Her husband dies and she receives I believe that's, that's a form of inheritance. Right. That's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a will. Down. Right. So she, she's willed a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, and life insurance comes through mm-hmm. because he's had a policy forever. She gets a lot of money, mm-hmm. like more than she's ever had before. She actually gave up a singing career to be, you know, kind of settle down into a family. She had a really good one. She had money left over from that. So she, she gets to a point in her life where she realizes I can do whatever I want. And, um, she's out having a good time. She's, doing her whole traveling the world thing. She's meeting people along the way, but she eventually gets to the point where her, her, her old age kind of catches up with her and she starts feeling worse and worse. And she goes to the doctor and they t- let her know that she has, um, uh, like a progressing disease where, um, she can still get around. She can still do stuff, but her, her ability to do so will lessen over time and it'll get to the point where she'll need to be in one place and then that's where she'll be for the rest of her life. And she doesn't want to do that. Um, she, she loved her husband. She, but she, she didn't realize that she'd have this feeling of freedom that she has. And she just kind of wanted, wants to keep it going. So, uh, a shady man in a business suit approaches her one day while she's walking the streets of London and in a very non-British accent, uh, invites her to come down to their headquarters and they have a proposition for her. And um, when she goes there, uh, they make a big show of showing all of this advanced technology and talking about how all of their customers are very happy and that um, it's going to be the best decision she ever makes. And uh, the problem is, is they kind of won't tell her what it is but they, they, they say that she has to sign a non-disclosure agreement to become somebody's sex life. Just kidding. No, not that. Uh, before they'll even tell her what it is. And that before she can sign it, she has to agree to give away half of her money. So it's an exorbitant, expensive thing. She has got millions in the bank. It, and it's a weird thing because it's not like this is the set amount and it just so happens to be half her money. The agreement is half of her money. Hmm. Um. And uh, she initially tells them no. They say, you know, go ahead and keep our card. She goes off and, you know, travels a little bit more, but then at one point actually faints on a jet and, like, wakes up in a hospital and realizes, like, all right, I need to see what that was about because, like, I thought I had more time. I obviously have less than I think, so I I should at least see what this is about. So she signs away. She signs the document half the money is taken out and she realizes that this is a process where she will be able to be reborn, not in the sense of like as a child, but she'll be able to inhabit someone else's body. And it's like a consciousness transfer. And she, she's, she's actually, the weird thing is, is she doesn't, she's lived her whole life as a woman, but she chooses to go into the body of a man. So she shows up and she's in Ryan Reynolds body. And it's just all new experiences for her. And, uh, it's just about how she, uh, she's kind of living life from a perspective she's never had before. And it's really interesting for her. Um, she ends up being heterosexual male. I mean, even though sexuality is a spectrum, she, she decides, you know what? I lived one, one way my whole life, uh, going after a certain type of person. 
I'm now going to live the other way and see what that's like. And uh, it's really freeing for her. She's going all over the world. She still has a lot of money left over because, like I said, it was only half. And uh, But at, after a certain point, she starts seeing things that she's never experienced before. And she's she ends up trying to figure out why. Um, and it kind of leads her down a path to where she finds out that it wasn't just, you know, a person with no family or anything that this, this Ryan Reynolds had a family and, uh, and maybe the company isn't touting that. That's the crazy thing though. It is, it is actually just Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like it's not even yeah. the actor. It's, yep. it's, the, it's him. Yeah. It's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And, uh, but this is kind of a future thing. Like he's been in cryostasis for a while. So yeah. she ends up going online and realizing this dude was in a bunch of films. Like this is crazy. Yeah. And because they uh, pulled him out of like the, the freezer from minority yep. report. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, and, uh, demolition man, demolition man. That's a better reference than minority (laughs) report. Way better. Okay. (laughs) Way better than minority. Do they freeze them in minority report? No, they just put them in a coma and then put them in this like, that's like, that's Beth in like this, right? Yeah. Cause you're just gone. Cause then you just come back and you're old and then you have like that thing. Uh, was that Robin Williams, uh, movie where Robert De Niro was a 10 year old and now he's old and he's like, why am I old? Yep. Yeah. It's a bummer. Super bummer. So, uh, I think you're talking about Jack. And uh, that's not Jack's the one where Robin Williams ages too quickly. Oh, I'm thinking difference. of the one where Robin Williams is a doctor and Robert De Niro went oh, to a no, coma no, no, as a 10 no, no, year old. No, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't in a coma. He actually had, they thought he was in a coma, but because his tremors were so strong. Oh, so he was shaking to the point where he stopped oh. and they gave him the medicine and he came out of it and he could be a normal person. But mm. then eventually he built up an immunity to the drugs and ended up going back into a coma. But he'd been in a coma for like, 20 years yeah yeah. so yeah. he wasn't 10 but he was like he was a kid he spent he half of his he spent half of his life in a coma yeah and had freedom for a while and then eventually went back into a coma so, so was, that's how ryan sad. reynolds saves the day right yeah yeah exactly okay and uh <clears throat> but because she's you know heterosexual ryan reynolds she's like yeah you know what i'll just settle down with this family but at the same time she uh even though she puts herself at peril because she has to admit to what she's done um you know taking over someone else's body <laughs> body stature style uh she helps bring the company down because they're obviously not being upfront about where these bodies come from okay. and they're you know taking people away from their families so you you, you traveled a, a long way to to just tell people what you think about that movie selfless that isn't <laughs> even out yet and i really want to watch that movie yes i do I hope it's exactly like what I just said. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna make it. I'll see you in my dreams. Is I'm gonna make you make the mind quick then, because my idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, whew, mine's pretty. My simple. throat is sore after that. Uh, I'm gonna guess the ending for a film called Good Kill, directed by Andrew Nichols, starring Ethan Hawke, January Jones, Zoe Kravitz, and Bruce Greenwood. Uh, quick note here: Zoe Kravitz is in two films coming out this weekend. That's weird. She's uh, busy. She's in Mad Max as well. Uh, well, I guess when you don't get picked up for the sequel to uh, Dope then you, you got to go make your own way. What's that? Days of Future Past. Oh. Anyway, I'm calling oh, it Dope now. She was in the first one. Uh, first class. Was she... She was Butterfly Lady. But Butterfly Lady died. Didn't she? Yeah, did, in comics, man, who dies? Everybody. Question mark. Every, Exclamation point. Everybody. And then they all come back. That's true. Uh, <laughs> the entire Marvel Universe just died. <laughs> I know. Uh, moment of silence. Never mind. So yeah, we're back. Uh, good kill. A family man begins to question the ethics of his job as a drone pilot. 
so this is a this this film actually is gonna um, it compresses it does a lot of time compression. So we start out we see he's new at the job. It's a it's a young Ethan Hawke. This is kind of like Boyhood. He actually was filming this at the same time as Boyhood. Nice, which is crazy. He was he was getting double pay. So that so way. I'm 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 getting the feeling that they filmed like right when they started Boyhood and just to show like the beginning of Ethan Hawke going into his training and everything. Yes, but then at the end of the movie we see him. After he's been in the military a long time, well, yeah, and it's, it's current day years. Ethan Hawke. It's oh, current day Ethan Hawke. But nice. so they show all these moments where uh, he starts. He's on the first drone program ever oh. that started. However, you know, whenever yeah. it started. Yeah. So he's he's one of the early men, and he's he's not a family man at that time. But it's two years in. He has a kid. Uh, or he he has a wife at that point, yeah. and then two years in, he has a kid. And then mm-hmm. we see the kid grow up a little bit as this drone thing is going on. Of course, he's the head of the drone program. He's at the forefront of drone technology. Wow. He's seeing, but he's also the one who watches the feeds that show the bombs, and he sees that moment where he goes, "I made the wrong call," or he's like, "Oh, the drone, yeah, the strike was to, too close to a city." He has to report. He to has to report all the casualties. The Secretary of, of Defense these, or whatever yeah. that this is what happened. And so he's, how many died? It's, it's the good kills are the ones you know when they do hit their targets, and then there's the bad kills that he doesn't and want the, to talk about. And the crazy thing is, even even if they kill a bunch of civilians, as long as the target is killed and there's a minimal amount of civilians, mm-hmm. it's still technically a good kill. Yeah, and he feels real bad about filling out those reports and all those things. Mm-hmm. But then the end the last scene or the the build-up is there's there's a secret weapon that they've been working on all these years like from it was hinted at like five years into his program stuff mm-hmm. that there's a secret weapon that they're working on that's going to be Ooh. beyond drones My and so when they when he gets there he's brought in because he's the head of this drone program he's been there from the beginning and they say we want you to pilot this i know you haven't piloted in the last two years of your thing because you've been just running all the programs but yep. i want you to pilot this personally and it is it is a RoboCop. They're sending a RoboCop what? in. Yeah. But of course they can't call it a RoboCop because nope. so they call it a Cop Robo. Cop Robo? Mm-hmm. Cop Robo. Cop Robo. Yeah. They say it's Italian to cover up, but yeah. we all know. Yeah, we all know. We all know what's going on there. Yeah. Ethan Hawke uh, got tricked into being a RoboCop knockoff. All right. So if that's how any of those endings are, uh, correct email? Mm-hmm. We've ended the guessing. That's what I need to say. Beautiful. Uh, but let us know if any of those endings are correct. Which they are. We're, I mean, we're not going to see these films since we obviously know how they end. Yep. Uh, but, you know, we like to know sometimes. Are we really going to pull back the curtain here and let everyone know that we see screeners of the movies before we do the guesting well, I mean, I just see it in my dreams. Of course. I just go to sleep and I Well, dream. I see you in my dreams. I dream all the movies. Well, yeah, we meet at the theater. Yep. Then we walk in. Yep. We get handed our free popcorn. Right. Yeah. Where, where, where a girl complains about math. Yeah. She says, oh, man, I got to... I gotta do math. I gotta do like single edition. I gotta single subtract three edition? from twenty. Oh, what goodness! That was insane to me. So, <laughs> uh, please come back uh, next week to listen to our episode where I think we'll be talking about Mad Max. Yes, I think that's what's gonna happen. I'll probably also say Pitch Perfect Two was good, but that's, yeah, no, no, no. You can do like happen. a little, not like a review, review, but you can be like, yeah, it's good. Oh, by the way, well, yeah, these. This is um, to pull back the curtain even further. Uh, my my school is coming to a close, so I'm going to be seeing all the movies now. Yep, that's that's how I live my life when school. So is I, I figured out movies. I figured out how to uh, register to your little thing. Oh, good. Uh, finally, but but I did get movie pass. Yep. But I did the math, and it will charge my credit card when I don't have any money. Oh so no! So I have to wait. I think a week and a half you before I can do wait. it. So that way, the charge will hit after the two weeks after I've gotten paid. Yeah. So that sucks. Well, you'll get it though. Yep, you'll get soon. There. Not yet, but soon. And uh, I dare say we will be seeing a lot of movies together then. Nice. 
and also, uh, as we mentioned earlier, if you want to hear our spoiler talk of the review, please stay. Yes, uh, stick oh, around. Did until we get into it? The very end. And uh, the dancing. There's, there's at least 20 minutes of us talking about just dancing. Just dancing. Uh, not the video game. Not the video. Game. Not the video game. Just dancing. But the dancing in the game, in the movie. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for listening. This has been episode 224 of Nerds Have You. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. We'll see you. Space. Yeah, when he went, when they cast him for Star Wars, he said, oh, by the way, I just did this sci-fi film where I have a, a beard, yep. and I, I'm going to shave that off for this film, and then I also want to obscure the top half yep. of my head. So, I don't care how you do it. I don't care if I need to always be walking next to someone who has a weird stoop, and so they're always blocking half my head. Well, he was even willing to go so far as to just take the beard and just move it to the top half of his face. Yeah, he said, I say, I'm going to save it yeah. if you want that. And we can just glue that there, yeah. and I can just be like... But over my eyes as well. Yeah. Just definitely wanted the eyes Of covered. course. And so he was just like, he was like, I don't care what kind of healing you got to make it. I already got the facial hair. Spoiler time. Welcome back. So many robots. Oh my goodness. Like, too many robots. It's, uh, it's uh, that reveal when... when uh, Are we talking about reveal in his doll room or reveal on the computer? Because they're well, both shocking. Computer and then doll room. Oh, my because, God. Because the computer's where we first see it. Uh, Nathan is passed out drunk. He he is a is a drinker yep. at times. And he's passed out drunk. Most and times. Caleb uh, wants to come up with some way of helping to free Ava. He has decided... To either or she, to free Ava or to get more information, and she's scared, and mm-hmm. there's just he wants to know about what's going on. Yeah, so he goes into uh, Nathan's secret little vision room, right? Tippy taps on the computer, and then looks over old files, and he finds all the security footage of every single AI robot that existed before. And the the creepiest part is so Ava is a woman, but. Uh, is robotic. We, yeah. There's no um, aside from her face. Yeah, she's there's no not, skin. She's there's not no like human, an android cyborg. Yeah, like, there's no human. Uh, this isn't a Terminator thing with her. Yeah, she's just very clearly a robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the other robot women that Nathan had were fully skinned in a way that they were. Yeah, with some they looked naked with some once again like necks generation technology we've never seen before and like, there were a variety of yeah, of like they were made to look like different nationalities different yeah different ethnic backgrounds all kinds of everything going on right and the, i think the creepiest okay there were two creepiest ones for me and, and you know what it's just of course these were the two creepiest the one that was the woman who her head was a robot head yeah. and her body was a woman body and he was like yelling at her to and she draw couldn't things. even draw her right she couldn't pick and it he up had to drag her away and then the other one was the the woman who said, "Let me out, let me out," and then banged her arms she, on the doors until but they, she she hit she hit the uh, the glass the first. Hit the glass, yeah. And then goes and tries to break the door open and just destroys her own arms. Yeah, that's terrifying. <sighs> this was this was just equal enough equal parts of a horror film that it, mm-hmm. it was creepy, but not like too disturbing. And the the worst part of it is is like it's creepy, but then when you like couch it in the mind frame of like the creepiest part of that is that he made them look like women usually like Mm -hmm. if they just had been robots like if we took away the the gender and the female veneer Mm -hmm. and just made those robots 
yes, it would be creepy, but you'd be like, no, he's just training these robots to yeah. give them AI, well, and, and, w- and they mean, don't want to be in there, so they're trying to escape. We also have the background that, that we've met Ava, so we know how advanced yeah. her AI is. Right. And you know, no, there's a point where it foreshadows that there's more of them. Mm-hmm. When they're out sitting by the lake or the river, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. says that she's version 9. Oh, yeah. So that Nine means, point something. Yeah, so that means that there's at least been eight other robots. Mm-hmm. And we finally get to see that. Yeah, and uh, there's the reveal that the... How does the reveal... I can't even remember now how the reveal that, that the servant lady, uh, Kyoko, mm-hmm. is a robot. Because there's... She takes off her face. I feel like we knew before that. No. No? No. It, she, well, she picks, she takes off part of her, her belly or something. Yeah, yeah. First. So what, what happens The way is, the skin fits on is like it kind of... Uh, like magnets or yeah, stickies on... It sticks to their... To their robot body. To their robot body. So mm-hmm. what in happens pieces, is... In like strips. He goes in and he sees like all the stuff on the computer. And then besides the videos, he sees like all the different faces. Uh-huh. And one of them is her. Oh, okay. So then he goes into the room next door mm-hmm. and realizes that all the mirrors Wait, are actually that, closets. And that scene where he's sitting at the desk, isn't she also, Oh no, she's on the bed. She's that on was the, bed. the weird thing. Yeah. And she's not moving. Yeah. So he then goes into the doll room knowing that she's, which is Nathan's one of them. bedroom. It's separate. I thought the bed was... is right behind the computer. You have I, to walk around the glass. Okay. And there's but they're a doll all very room. close. Like and it's just it looks weird like a room. It yes. It looks like a room where you'd have like clothes mm-hmm. behind the mirrors, mm-hmm. but they're actually like sarcophagi for the different yeah. dolls. There's like four or five of them. Yeah. And he uh, Caleb opens each one and each one has a different version and in various states of disrepair. Yeah. There's one that's Missing literally arms. hanging with no arms or legs. Yep. And uh, they're all That's when she walks up. Uh, they're all women. Yep. And, it's and she walks up just and starts... utterly disturbing. She starts taking off her skin right in front of them. Yeah. And there's even like a, a weird dream, dream-esque dream sequence where just... Uh, I don't even think he saw this, but she's taking off her face skin and that's terrifying. Oh, no. That's right in front of him. Is he... Sp- is that... Yeah, sp- are we supposed still to understand that there. he's still standing there? He's okay. still standing there. Because there that's are some parts leads... where there was some weird intercutting going on mm-hmm. uh, with actual dream sequences. Uh, Which dream sequences? Well, there's... Caleb's asleep and he's definitely dreaming of escaping with Ava and they're out into in the woods yeah. and that's in black and white. Yep. That's very much supposed to be a dream. All the all the dream sequences are like vignetted like that. Yeah. Yep. And then and then because the scene where she's taking off her face mm. and he realizes that this person who's been in front of him the whole time that he thought was a normal person isn't. Yeah. That's what leads to his freak out in the bathroom. Oh yeah. He We're, thinks he's a robot. He starts to wonder if he's a part of this test as Which, much as she is. At the beginning, okay. At the beginning, I thought he was a robot. Oh, yeah. That was... Well, because they made such a point of showing him coming from a workplace yep. that I was like, so that's supposed to be so we don't think he's a robot. Ah, so you thought it was just... I thought that was cloudy. A faint. A yeah, faint. Yeah. Like, of oh, course. look, of course he's real. Of course he's real. He worked yeah. at this place. But then, uh, like, later on, they would say, like, oh, you just started working there six months ago. Like, yep. that kind of thing. But no, no, no. He is real, but he he thinks he's a robot. He. Be- because this whole thing Freaks is out. freaking him out. Because he he starts looking at everyone and seeing robots. So at that point... So he cuts his wrist in a way that is a, a person who definitely wants to die. Uh, I think he's trying to take off a layer of skin that he thinks well, I know might he not be is, real. But when you cut that well, way... You'd have to... You'd have to, you'd have he to does go it, way longer. He does it up here. I yeah. don't care. He, that's way dangerous and oh, crazy. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. I think you um, can cut yourself somewhere else and, and uh, take find way out l- less of a risk of finding out if you're a robot. Less blood. Uh, like, that's the point where I realized, because up to this point, I was like, maybe this is just like a, a world that's like 30 years ahead of us mm-hmm. and everything. But that's the point where I, 
I'm like, no, like the stuff that Nathan is doing here is so next level is so futuristic that like he was, his mind was blown just by seeing Ava. Yeah. Right. And the, the robot in size mm-hmm. that she has mm-hmm. that now that he realizes that they can look human, he lose he almost loses his mind. Yeah. Like that means that no, this is this well, because, is not normal. Uh, there's in a, any way. There's a moment. Uh, there's a scene where Ava puts on clothes. Yep. And she puts on almost enough clothes to hide all her robot parts. Yeah, she just doesn't have. It's like her neck is is visible, and you yep. can tell she's a robot. But she because puts she has on, a pixie wig, she puts on. Yeah, she puts on a wig. She yep. puts on uh, stockings. Uh, like doesn't even put on gloves. Like yeah, it's it's so much that she could hide her robotness, and that kind of takes him by surprise because then he starts to look at her and see see a woman that's when he starts thinking like maybe i can run away with this robot that loves me Mm -hmm. um but then the skin is like the next level of this is these are close enough to people that this is terrifying yeah and so he that's where he has his freak out and this is when he starts to really not trust nathan for multiple reasons the way he sees him treat them Mm -hmm. the way he's just like catches um there's uh his tv doesn't get I Love Lucy. It mm-hmm. gets I Love Ava. Yep. It's just all the Ava cameras. And mm-hmm. there's there's a moment that he was made to watch. Yep. They made it in a way where he they knew that he would see it, where Nathan goes into Ava's room, rips up the drawings of Caleb, and throws uh-huh. them on the ground. Yep. But but you find out later that Nathan was also tricked into doing that. Like, Ava wanted Caleb to see that. Oh. Well, to trust. Yeah, Nathan, the, Nathan goes, she wanted you to see that. The real like, test... The real, the Turing test was what we were told was happening. The yeah. real test was whether or not Ava could convince a human that she is, has a soul, has a consciousness, yeah. and help her escape. Right. And Caleb is so, so proud of the fact, or Nathan is so proud of the fact that she pulled that off. And mm-hmm. then there's the double reveal yep. that Caleb did it. Yeah. And he did what he needed to do and to help Nathan, her escape. Nathan totally underestimates him because there's a point where... Caleb says, oh, I wasn't chosen because of my skill or anything, like you said. And he goes, no, because like, I've totally studied your background and I know that you kind of have a weaker disposition and you're more likely to be manipulated by a female presence. because yeah, he and has no face, family, no girlfriend, yeah. no whatever. And her face is like made up of his pornographic profile to look exactly like what he wants. That was kind of funny, right? And, in a weird way. But there's, there's even like a Batman sequence in this where... Nathan admits to hacking every camera oh my God, yeah. communication device on the planet. He says, how, how did I come up with this algorithm for an AI? I had to... Use Blue Book and hack everything. But And it wasn't even hacking because he said it's things that the phone companies already are taking from you and not telling you. Yep. So they couldn't even sue me. Yep. They can't sue me because they're doing it already. Yeah. They're doing it already and hiding it from you. So I'm just piggybacking on their thing. Yep. And they couldn't do anything. Nuts. And and but it's it's close to that's, real. That's, that's close enough to what's going yeah, on right now. To what's now. going on right now, and and it totally makes sense that that's that was her learning. That's how she learned to mimic human beings mm-hmm. was through all that information. But that ties to me back into the beginning. I feel like Nathan, even though she was ostracized, mm-hmm. I feel like she was she had access because she has access to all that stuff. It keys back into the first scene where we see Caleb from the computer's perspective. Mm. Oh, yes. And we go, all right, no, this is Blue Book spying on him uh-huh. because it does it a couple times throughout the movie. Yeah. So that's where she got her information from. So not only is she designed to trick him into thinking that he's in love with her and that she loves him, mm. but she's also like spying on him before he even gets there. Oh, yeah. 
and she knows everything just, about him before right. he gets there. Mm-hmm. She's just playing a game to get him strung along enough so that yep. she'll he'll do what she wants. But then the the counterpoint is that uh, Caleb knew that this was happening and put an extra camera in there that wouldn't be affected by the blackout. Uh, Nathan did. Or Nathan. I, you know, they have names. Yeah, well, there's only two. Jamal Gleason and yep. the other guy. Oscar, Oscar Isaacs. Isaacs. He, yeah, when... Uh, there was a scene during that scene where he saw someone rip up or he saw Nathan rip up the picture. He puts the camera in there. So that way that is unaffected by the blackouts and he, because it runs on batteries and he's like this, I know you've been talking during there and Caleb for most of the movie thinks that the blackouts are being orchestrated by Nathan, not Ava and that they were being watched during the blackouts. Oh, I, I don't remember when exactly I thought Ava was doing the blackouts, but I think it was by the second blackout oh, I thought I, it was happening. I saw it immediately because before the blackout that happened when they were in session, oh, she, she put her the... hand on that panel oh, for a while, true. which is how she's supposed to charge herself. She does it without touching the panel, though, sometimes. Well, see, I think she's just able to do it like she's able to charge it before she even... Before he Get comes into the session, <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm going to do it right now. Because he even tells her to do it at a certain time mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. And it, it's like Nathan, because he brings him in for this one reason, completely underestimates Caleb. Yeah. Because like Caleb is running under the assumption that Nathan's watching him at all times, even during the blackouts. Mm-hmm. So that's how he tricks him in the end. Yeah. Is he, he tells her that he's going to do it the next day but actually does it the day previous he says i already did it yeah it's crazy that and that leads to a scene that was in the trailer that i'm glad i didn't i either didn't see the trailer or didn't watch seeing the which scene where she's running down the hallway that's uh, that's used in promotional material i saw that but i didn't see it when i was watching the movie and i saw her running i went oh I remember that this was in some promotional material, but I don't mm-hmm. remember watching a trailer. Yeah. So I don't know how I saw that, but I'm glad I super did not remember. probably just a still on IMDb one day or something. I'm so glad I didn't remember because I, for I, me, that would I have ruined went, the tension. Went out of my mind. Because that tension for me was built on the fact that we did not know when or if she was getting out of that mm-hmm. glass box. So oh, when, I felt it was inevitable. Oh, I knew it was kind of inevitable, yep. but, uh, but when you get to that moment where all the plans are dashed, yep. I went, oh, I guess... Something else is going to happen. And then, no, here comes a blackout. She's already out. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Shit, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Because she chokes him. She chokes uh, Nathan until he's blue. Mm-hmm. You see that he's he's yep. blue with gasping for air. Yep. And But we get, we get an interesting thing here because we find out that, like, they're not made from some, like, space age Ultron-esque, like, metal. Like, they can be hurt. Oh yeah, like she almost an arm, almost the same way that humans can be. Well, he definitely grabbed a metal object to hit her with. Oh yeah, he he knew well, that it he was a weapon, something reinforced. But it was a weapon that would hurt a human just as much. Ex- yes, yes. So like they are human esque in their structure. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, and obviously in their weight, otherwise mm-hmm. it would be kind of weird. Like they would be. It's really heavy. Yeah, they'd be too heavy. Mm-hmm. That's oh man, there's so much going on there. That's why her skeleton is the metal part, and then their weird like body is something else. Yeah. Uh, and then that ending where she puts on the skin and the new arm, which mimics the part where she's putting on the clothes, yep. uh, which is kind of like nice and happy in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she leaves Caleb. Right. Just leaves him because she never cared about him. Never. I And that just, that kind of broke my heart in a weird way. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was like. I knew that I, was happening the moment because Oscar Isaac, uh, before he finds out that 
Caleb tricked him, mm. he's like, this is a success. Because <laughs> yeah. even if she pretended to love you, mm-hmm. that's still consciousness. Yeah. The fact that she can pretend to love you means <sighs> all this is, this is it. But then that's when Caleb's like so uh, connected to Ava that just the idea that she, her her consciousness is going to be wiped and that they're going to come out like he's going to add some more stuff to it and mm. like come out with a new version and stuff like that. Like Caleb can't even handle that. Do you think that their consciousness are really wiped? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Because the the one in that last scene where she's putting on the skin of that other uh, doll woman, that other doll woman looks at her. Yeah, moves her head. Yep. I believe I believe they're shells. Oh, like, okay. They're just like that's just empty. It's just remove, you know, reacting to stimuli. Okay. And like, because otherwise, like the uh, the Aiko or whatever her name is, Kyoko. Kyoko. She would she would just be one in the line. Like her and Ava would be connected, and Kyoko would have already tried to help her get out. Well, they definitely were connected. They were working well, together. See, that's what that's, we realize at the insane. end. At the at the end, we realize like, of course they all hated him mm-hmm. because a he already has problems because he's making all of these women. Oh man, yeah, like some weird fucking issues that he has. And but, he uses Kyoko. Yep, like she's programmed to be used, but it's something developed. Like she has enough AI to develop a hatred of him. And well, see, I think, I think they can't do anything but hate him. I think there's no outcome yeah. <laughs> but hate because a his personality, but b he's created a creature that he, he will never release. Yeah. Like she's never going to get out of that cage. So well, it's the, uh, that story that they tell Mary in the black and white room. Yeah. That's, that's what they are. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. That's like, that's such a good story. I've never heard that before. And when it, when it comes down to it, like they know they're never going to be released. Mm-hmm. They know they're just a test. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to die eventually. Well, and they have yeah, a consciousness die in such a way that they can't even see it coming. Right. Which is, even worse than if you're a human, you at least know like, ah, I got some X amount of years or, oh, yeah. you know, something hits me, I'll die. Like, yep. they're just like a, a switch. She One even day, says it in a scene. She says, who decides w- when to turn you off? Yep. And that's like, holy shit. Yep. And she's, and she's mad. And we find out at one point that Ava tells Nathan, like, how does it feel to create something that hates you so much? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel based on the situation, based on how he's testing them, based on everything, like these creatures who approach a consciousness on par with human beings, like any human being would also hate their captors. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that the, he's trying to create something. When I have to say, I really enjoyed though, when Oscar, not just Oscar Isaac's dying, but mm-hmm. when he walks away from getting stabbed twice by robots that he has created, mm-hmm. he just says to himself, it's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I think, yeah, I think if you created robots and they are smart enough to kill you, I think you'd be impressed. Yep. I think that's what he died impressed. B- because even even his, in his death, he realized he succeeded. Yeah. But still. Like. <laughs> sucks. Super sucks. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, and then she just leaves do you think, Caleb to starve to well, death do you think inside he can that ever, room. Do you think he can ever get out of that room? Do you think he could ever find a way? No, because. Uh, they the very only... clearly show that he tries to use the computer and it shuts yeah. down on him. All the glasses bulletproof. Mm-hmm. All not okay. even a robot could break down that door. Nope. With all of its weird possible hyper strength. Yeah. Well, I don't think it has hyper strength because it's the way it's made to be human like. Yeah, but I mean I think getting hit with an arm that's made of human and an arm that's made of robot there's a different I, feel I think to he it. made them brittle on purpose. Hmm. For a couple of reasons. To make them more human like yeah. and to also be able they to overpower over- them. Yeah, he can like, overpower them. He was fine with Ava until 
Kyoko walked up. Well, yeah, that was a surprise stabbing going on there. Oh, I saw it coming. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, of course. Because you see her there, and I was like, oh, she's going to help. She's going to help. And then she has a knife. I was like, oh, yep, here we go. Yep, that's it. And they're not even like, ah, here's the other crazy and thing. And I just I saw Chef, and Whoa. it's the same knife as in Chef. Like, this is your Chef's knife. Keep the sharp, it'll last forever. And I see her walking up with almost the exact same knife, and I'm like, this thing's sharp. It's really sharp. Uh, oh, it's sharp. But the crazy thing is, in, in like a, in a hyper crazy action film, like these robots would be jumping around doing all kinds right? of tricks. But these are just like, they're acting like people. And yep. not even like people, but in uh, when, when Kyoko stabs him... Uh, she does not she just stares at him she just goes like what did I even do like mm-hmm. she doesn't even know how to react to what she did because she is just same like thing you can tell the... that she's an AI but she's so restricted in her programming mm-hmm. that she she can't talk but same she thing can't... when Ava when Ava stabs him she mm-hmm. also stabs him in such a weird way where she doesn't know what's going to happen next because because you realize at a certain point that yes these may be conscious beings mm-hmm. but there's no sense of morality no oh, all they've learned no. is to hate mm-hmm. Nathan and then to trick Caleb. But like, it's beyond, I think, even a sense of morality. It's they don't even know like they might the you consequence. Know, They've never seen anything die. It, yeah, that and there's like, no creatures they in understand, there, there's no bugs. Uh, atomically like what a human is, but they don't they don't even know what it'd be like, like, oh I'm gonna put this knife in him. Mm-hmm. What does that do? Huh? And then they do it and then they see. Yep. And it's it's uh they just don't know they don't know what to do next yeah. (laughs) Well she moves on and leaves Caleb to die. Yeah. I think that's very clear that he can't get out. Okay. And now what does she do? She goes Because she convinces the helicopter man to take her out of this place. Which which for me is unacceptable. You think he would I think Nathan is so paranoid he would tell the helicopter that he would say if anyone except for me Mm. or the guy you just brought comes to this helicopter, take her out. Don't take her anywhere. Like I would feel he would take out a gun and he would shoot her in the face. I don't know how much helicopter guy knows. But it doesn't even matter. Like, he would hire, like, an ex-military helicopter guy. He would hire... I think he'd be more worried about getting overpowered by that guy. No, I feel like it would be the last layer of defense. Because mercs just work for but money. trust like, no one. But that's the point, is you don't tell him anything. You just say, you come out here. Like, yes, he trusts no one, but he trusts the guy enough to, like, bring the helicopter over. Mm, like... Like, he would hire, like, that would be, for all of Nathan's planning, the helicopter dude is the last layer. That's true. Yeah, I was a little bit It's off. unbelievable that he would be like, bit. I have never seen you before. <laughs> I'm the only <laughs> the person, person who, who comes this, out yeah. here. There's no possible way you could get here. Sure, I'll take you on a helicopter ride. So do you feel like it would be more believable if it was a second helicopter guy? Like, if we saw that it was very clearly a different guy? It would be more would believable be believe... if she walks up to him and he's like, who are you? And then she kills him. Ooh, interesting. And she knows how to fly a helicopter. And she figures out how to fly of... it. Yeah. Because she's a robot. Maybe we just didn't see that. I would, on the cutting room I would have felt a lot they better. They felt bad for a helicopter guy. They were like, we don't want to kill you. Everyone Whatever. else died. It was Corey Johnson. He could have died on camera. He would have I recognized fine. him, right? Yeah. He's in stuff. Yeah, he's in, he's in a lot of stuff. I was like, this is helicopter guy. Like, he's just that guy in movies. Yeah. So, like, I feel like the movie would have been better because the film up to this point is so smart in its choices. Do you? But do you think when she leaves Caleb, she's not thinking he's going to die there? She's She just I doesn't think even she think doesn't care. I think she doesn't care. Her moral compass is just not developed. So I think in that same way, I I would find it even She's just been, as unbelievable if she kills the helicopter guy. He's been unless, nothing. Unless he pulled a gun on her. That's what I'm saying is I feel like he would be trained. Okay. He would be, 
that I feel like helicopter guy, the fact that they're in such a secluded area, helicopter guy is the last layer of defense. Hmm. The reason helicopter guy is even there is because that's the last like bridge to the rest of the world. Why would he not have rule? Like, I don't know. I understand Nathan's super secretive and everything like that, but helicopter, come on helicopter guy. Even if Nathan doesn't tell you, Hey, don't take people back that I don't expressly tell you to take back. He definitely would say, hey, where did you like, come from? Who the fuck are you? I have never seen you before in my entire life. I know there's not another guy who comes out here because this is the only path I've got. Like Maybe, I mean, like, but I just, I really, I, I think it just, the ending is better because she gets out. Yeah. Because uh, that's crazy. But I, I. W- ah. But see, but see, Nathan is an obstacle that she has to overcome. Yeah. Caleb is a tool she uses yeah. to overcome Nathan. Uh-huh. Helicopter, helicopter guy would eventually, but he, I don't believe but helicopter he would, guy is that stupid. Uh, that's true. There's, I mean, yeah, that is kind of a big. That is a weird logical fallacy that shows up right at the end of the movie when the rest of the film is so smart in its choices. Yeah. But I feel like no matter what conversation they had, we would never accept it as allowing him allowing her to leave. So we're, we're supposed to just accept that she does come up with the perfect conversation. But doesn't it show her in the helicopter and she's sitting in the back? Yeah, but I think they that know that... he's flying. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I think that whatever conversation that she had with him, we're supposed to understand it as being so perfect that he says, okay, I'll take you. But the reason that they don't have those, we don't see that conversation is because we would we wouldn't always... believe it. We wouldn't believe it. So we have to believe and that... And we that, wouldn't believe that she'd be able to fly a helicopter all of a sudden. So we'd have to... Whatever happened is like, we're, it's up to us this to come up with... This guy's just an incompetent helicopter pilot. Yep, that's your version of it. My version of it is that she did say whatever exact perfect word she needed to say to get on that helicopter. I would have rather seen it then. She said like, oh, he brought me up on a submarine. I don't know. Submarine. Whatever, whatever <laughs> the hell. We are a thousand miles away from any ocean, but I came via submarine. Whatever crazy story she needed to tell to get on, okay. get him to take her back. I hear That's you. what she told. Like, But your version is that he's an incompetent helicopter man. That's, I'm, I'm okay with that too. only way. I just don't understand but how her, she... I love the way that they frame that final shot mm-hmm. where we see the the shadows first before the people. The camera's like literally upside down looking at shadows. Yep. And because uh, she is she's a she's, she's not a human, she's a form. She's uh-huh. a she's mimicking. But but her form is is like you can't tell that that's her until it pans up. Uh, so her form even though she is a form and she's not a human being mm-hmm. is exactly like every other form there. And then she goes out. Like what what but I want to know like what is she going to do? I'd watch right. I'd watch it uh, right? uh Dos, dos machina. Dos what would they call machina? it? <laughs> I don't care what they'd call it. I'd watch it, and it could be. It would have to be an entirely different film. Mm-hmm. And like ninety percent of the film, like none of the other characters could know that she's a robot. And at yep. the end, they could be, do a crazy reveal where she has to kill another guy. Like mm-hmm. I don't care. Yep. I would watch because that's her, her infiltrating society. Like what? Did, what did she? Like what? Did, does she want to be human? Does she want to? Because she said she wanted to go to a place where she could observe human life. Yeah. Which does is, she just live for? She doesn't. Here's the other thing: she doesn't have any way to charge anymore. Yeah, wow, she's gonna charge her batteries because unless she can uh, pull a USB out of her and plug it in somewhere, right? Like we have no idea. Like it doesn't cover any of that, but I don't think it needs to. I like where it ends, but it's just like it can go so many different places. But in that way, it also follows. Like so much of this film is is in the classic horror tropes, but not enough to that I'd even call it a horror film. Right. It's something else. But the the horror the horror ending what's well, a sci fi thriller yep it's come on it's super sci-fi. to give it a label it's a sci fi it's a sci fi uh, 
but that horror ending of the monster's still out there right. in a weird way. I mean, not to say that she is a monster, but yeah. like she is she's, something to be afraid of in a sense. She's she's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Like really? She's she's some other. She's yeah. something uh separate from everything else. Yeah, and she's she's out there. And it's up to her to like make her personality after that because up to that point she's only ever been a captive. Mm-hmm. She's only ever been a prisoner. She all the only emotions she's ever known is like hate. Like at one point she does say I hate you mm-hmm. to Nathan. So we know that the only emotion she's ever really come in contact with is hate. So it's up to her to decide what to be after that. Cuz you're right, she doesn't kill indiscriminately. No, she she just she systematically Kyoko, takes away from. If anything, Kyoko starts the killing. Yep, which is which is crazy enough on its own because we have not all that we got from Kyoko is that she follows orders. Yep, and that she's a essentially a sex and she robot. Dances. She's a sexy dance robot. She's really a good dancer, which is crazy and weird and creepy. Loved it. I love that scene so much. Well, that, that, I wanted to learn that dance after that scene. <laughs> He's apparently done that dance on late night talk shows. Oh, he has. Yeah, I need to look like, this up. There's a there. I can't remember what late night talk show it was, but will he, he was a up. guest, and they were like, "Oh, let's uh, dance for some reason," and he does that dance. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, okay, it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, but I think that's it. Uh, so if you stuck around for this spoiler section, uh, go see the movie. Thanks, and go see the movie. Uh, I hope we said something that'll make you want to go see it because that was that was our general impression of it. Uh, thanks. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.